Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. I am so excited about today's episode. These are some of the richest verses in all the Bible, and I'm so glad that you joined us for today's episode. I want to thank you, my friends, for joining us in our study of the book of Romans. We are in Romans chapter 3 today, and we're going to begin in verse number... I just want to go back one verse to last episode to bring us up to speed, and then, wow, can't wait to unpack some of the uh, great, great principles that we'll talk about today. Look at verse number 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there's no difference. No difference between the Jew and the Gentile in their sinfulness and no difference between the Jew and the Gentile in their opportunity to access the very righteousness of God found in the person of Jesus Christ. So look at verse number 23. I think many of us have this verse uh, memorized where it says, for all have sinned. So there's no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. Why? Because we've all sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You ever wonder what that means? All have sinned and come short. They've fallen short. To sin is to miss the mark. So they've sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what is the glory of God? The glory of God is the that for which God is known, his reputation. And a great way by which the glory of God was displayed and is displayed is in the law of God, in the Bible. So as we study the law of God, we see the characteristics of God. We see the, his glory. We see his righteousness and his goodness. We see his justice and his mercy. We see his omnipotence and his omniscience. We see all the characteristics of our great God, the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. But wow, how much more does the special revelation of God's word declare the glory of God? And the point here is that, as we've talked about the law for the last few days, the point here is that every one of us, Jews and Gentiles alike, we have all fallen short of what, who God is, the glory of God as revealed in the law. We're not as righteous as he is. Now, I might be more righteous than you, and I probably am <laughs> teasing about that, but uh, I, I can compare myself with somebody else and look pretty good or look pretty bad. But every single time I compare myself in any way with God, I fall short. And yet, what is the requirement? What is the expectation to, for salvation, for to be in heaven, to, to be with God? It's his own righteousness. So what a dilemma that I need to be like God. I need to have the righteousness of God in order to dwell with God. And yet I've fallen short of that. I've sinned. I've missed that mark. All Gentiles have. All Jews have. What's my hope? Look at verse number 24. Being justified. So the word justified here is a declaration of righteousness. So I, I, I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. 
I am, I do not reflect accurately the glory of God. I come short of that. And yet the Bible says that God has declared me to have met that. God declares me to have the very righteousness that he requires. Freely, he declares that. So how do I get the free gift of the righteousness of God to be imputed to my record? That sounds like the greatest deal of all time. And indeed it is. Look at verse number 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor that gives me both the desire and the ability to do his will. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a good acronym. It's God being good to us in ways that we don't deserve. And the Bible says, being justified freely through his grace, watch this, uh, by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, provided by, available through the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, redemption. Now, what is redemption? Redemption is the purchased the purchase price. So to redeem means to buy. Literally, it means to buy or to buy back. And so the idea is that you and I are slaves and that we live as human beings in the slave market of sin. There we are in bondage. We can't extricate ourselves. No amount of work, no amount of effort can get us out. And yet what has God done? God has provided the, the purchase price, he has paid the purchase price in and through the person of Jesus Christ. He paid for our sins. Sometimes we sing that great song, Jesus paid it all. When Jesus said upon the cross, it is finished, that literally was a statement to Telestai that was on legal documents that meant paid in full. And so redemption is Jesus purchasing us out of the slave market of sin. Jesus satisfying the righteous demands of God by shedding his blood at, uh, at the cross, by doing for us what the law could not do for us. So Jesus did what we could not do so that he could provide for us that which we could not have. Redemption. What a word. Look at verse number 20, 25. Whom God... So God hath set forth, he, he has openly demonstrated, openly shown his son, whom God has set forth. We know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. What a word. So the word propitiation, don't let that throw you. It's just a really fancy word in the Bible that literally means the mercy seat. In fact, it's translated that way in Hebrews chapter 9. Propitiation. Propitiation means to satisfy the righteous demands of God. So remember in the Old Testament, the mercy seat was that gold overlay on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And remember, one time a year, the high priest would go into that holy of holy places where the Ark of the Covenant resided. And there he would sprinkle the blood of that spotless goat on the mercy seat as a testimony to the fact that, that sin must be paid for and sin brings death. And that the, the accepting of that sprinkling of that blood upon that mercy seat, God extending mercy was to say that I will cover your sins for another year. 
realize that your sins need to be paid for, and I, in my goodness, in my forbearance, uh, will remit those sins for the time being. They are covered. But the Bible teaches in Hebrews chapter 9 that Jesus was that ultimate sacrifice, that ultimate uh, goat or lamb that came and shed his blood. We're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And that's what Peter taught us in 1 Peter chapter number 1. So what's the point? The point here is that God was ultimately and finally satisfied by the sacrifice of Jesus. Sin was not covered. No, sin was cleansed. And that's the point of Hebrews chapter 9. It was the once for all sacrifice, the Lamb of God, right? That's what John testified him to be, that taketh away the sin of the world. So he, Jesus, is the propitiation, the mercy seat, uh, for our sins, John said in 1 John chapter 2, but not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody is saved just because Jesus died up on the cross. But what it does mean is everyone can be saved. The potential for salvation is available to every single person because of what Jesus did upon the cross, because he satisfied the righteous demands of God by shedding his blood on that cross that day. His death is uh, sufficient for everybody and efficient for those that trust upon him. He is the savior of all men, especially them that believe. The point is there's potential salvation for everybody and there is essential salvation for those who actually put their faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross when he shed his blood and satisfied the righteous demands of God for sin. And Jesus did what we could not do. I just need to stop for a moment and just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for full salvation. Thank the Lord for the precious blood of Christ. Oh, precious is the flow that washes white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Look at verse number 24, 25. God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. There it is. For the remission of sins that are past. You know, God could have judged sin at any moment. He could have sent us to hell at any moment. But the forbearance and the rem- and the fact that God put up with because Jesus came, the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, God put up with, God, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And with the fact that God puts up with, allows people to persist in their sin, is just a matter of his forbearance and goodness and long-suffering that they might come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and trust the fact that Jesus did for them what they could never do for themselves. Verse number 26, to declare, that's what justification is, by the way, the declaration of righteousness. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. You see, when you trust Jesus Christ by faith, what he did for you on that cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, the validation of his ministry, when you trust him and him alone, 
God declares you to be righteous. The thing that you could never earn in the law is now yours by faith. It's a gift, free. Free, not to him. He paid the price. That's what redemption is. He paid the price, but free to you because the price has been paid. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. You see the point? The point is Jesus satisfied the tension between grace and truth. God could forgive sin because sin had been paid for. God was not overlooking sin. God's righteous demands for sin had been satisfied in Jesus. And when I put my faith in him, the record, the righteous record of Jesus is imputed to me. Now, because that's true, look at the questions that Paul asks. And I love these. We'll, we'll close with these. Look at verse number 27. So where is boasting then? So can we brag about it? Of course not. All my boast is in Jesus. I love that song. All my boast is in him. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. Right? Where is boasting then? It's excluded. You can't boast about it. By what law? Of works? No, no, it's not the works by which we're saved. Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's the conclusion. That's the only way by which we can receive God's righteousness because we've blown it with our works. But wow, Jesus satisfied it with his works and his work upon the cross. And I can enter into that by faith. Verse number 29, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. In other words, this is not just a promise to you Jews who were the curators of the word of God. No, it's a promise to Jew and Gentile alike. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. And God's salvation is available to every single person. Seeing it's one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? So does that mean that the law is to be discarded and the law is meaningless? And why don't we just, no, no, no. We don't make void the law. Nay, the Bible says, God forbid, yea, we establish the law. No, what we've done in this chapter is demonstrated that the law of God is a great thing. Why? Because it showed us the bad news so that we would receive the good news that Jesus Christ is our righteousness and we can be saved by faith in him. Wow, I hope that helps today. Share this episode with somebody because some people, many people, most people still desperately need to hear that message. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.